This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, happy, happy Friday. Is it Friday? It is Friday, episode 940. Um, today we're going to do a little rewind. And this one, um, we're going to talk to Matt. Um, I'm, this is hopeful that we get to go play in his tournament again and and talk about hoops a little bit. I, I, I love this podcast. That's why I wanted to put it back up again today and tomorrow's kind of a rewind. I'm hoping we can go to Rockford. I'm hoping we can play, play hoops um, down there again this summer. But um, before we do that, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you want to win more games in less time, that is the place for you, and you're going to have fun doing it. Trust me. Also, go over and check out Dr. Dish, the number one shoe machine on the market. Um, there's nothing like it. I, I, I mean, you, you got to be able to shoot the ball to win. That's the way it's changed. So go over and check them out. Mention Coach Unplugged. They'll give you $350 off. All right, let's head off to the podcast. Um, today, we're going to talk to Matt about um, the NCAA certified event, kind of how it kind of came about. If you don't know, the NCAA has changed Um kind of opened it up for high school teams and uh, we were able lucky to go down to a tournament in in Rockford and we're gonna um, talk to Matt the next couple of days about that uh, we're gonna talk about the National Federation we're gonna talk about kind of the recruiting calendar we're gonna talk about a lot of things that related to recruiting and players in high school and collegiate um, and the reason we have Matt on today I'm gonna have him introduce himself in a second but the reason we have him on today is um, the NCAA kind of changed the uh, the summer uh, recruiting process, a recruiting calendar, and we were we were lucky enough. We we are in Madison, Wisconsin, which is about on a good on a good traffic day, about ninety minutes, maybe seventy five minutes from Rockford. And and Matt ran uh, because this is the first year ran a showcase in Rockford and had. Uh, he'd have to, he'll have to tell exactly how many teams he had and all that kind of stuff. But teams from all over the Midwest come and play, um, and it was an open recruiting window. So um, him and I were able to meet and connect, and that's why we're having him on, and we're going to talk about that. So, Matt, first, I'd like you to introduce yourself. Tell everybody what you do for a living, and, and uh, then tell people about the showcase, and then we'll dive into the um, specifics of recruiting and the calendar and what you think some strengths and weaknesses are, and we'll talk about some of what I think is good about it um, and bad about the NCAA, and uh, we'll go from there. So introduce yourself first and just kind of give us a little background. Sure. Well, thanks for uh, having me on, Steve, and um, I really appreciate the opportunity and and the time uh, to talk this morning. So my name is Matt Parker, and I am starting my ninth year as the director of athletics activities and program development for Rockford public schools. So I oversee a school district, uh, athletics and activities, basically anything that happens after school, elementary, fourth grade, uh, all the way through 12th grade. 
um, offerings. So we have a very robust elementary, middle school, and high school athletic and activity offerings. And so it ranges from robotics and esports to scholastic bowl um, to basketball, which is mainly what right. we'll be talking okay. about this so morning. Two things, two things before we dive any more into this. First thing is, do you have athletic directors in your buildings or do you oversee everything? Yes, yeah, so we have uh, in our four high schools, we have athletic your, your traditional athletic directors like you'd have it okay. in the Madison Public Schools. Yep. And then our middle schools have athletic directors who are also uh, teachers that uh, get a, a pretty good additional stipend as well as an additional planning period uh, to execute, execute their duties. And then at the elementary schools, there's a, it, there, there's generally somebody in the building who is getting a, a, a small stipend to organize the basketball and cross country and uh, soccer that we offer. Okay. That's the first thing. Second thing is um, I, I just, I'm a big PGC thing. I went to a PGC camp, hung out with some other coaches. And so tell me about esports Cause I hear, um, I hear esports is literally the next thing. So tell me what that is. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Uh, we're actually the first school district in the state of Illinois to officially start high school esports teams. So we have uh, currently five teams. We have two teams at Guilford High School, and um, we bought special computers and upgraded our network so the kids could play mainly League of Legends, um, and, and they've been competing on it in a national uh, high school league uh, called the uh, High School Star League. And so they basically work together in teams of five uh, to play a game called League of Legends, which is uh, strategy and, um, and teamwork uh, and play in tournaments. Um, our coaches and, and athletic directors have been very much involved with uh, the IHSA, which is our Illinois High School Association, potentially adopting uh, esports as an official high school sport as early as next year. Um, so we've had uh, a few people participate in some of the planning committees and, and work being done with that. And it's just a great, another great way to bring in a whole nother group of kids, um, you know, make them feel like they're part of the school community. They're part of the team. They get really cool esports uniforms and um, globally, there's a really good Vice documentary about esports, but globally, it's just massive. I mean, there's there's like in, there's in, like this, first of all, there's there's kids that are making like millions and millions of dollars professionally. Like they're becoming yeah. pro esports. I mean, it it tells you I'm getting old. I had no idea. I mean, I had an idea it was there, but I didn't know how how wide it is. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's and yeah, the kids are making millions of dollars in endorsements and yeah. sponsorships, and there's and there's like these, you know, basically esports um, uh, unofficial, you know, uh, camps where recruiters are bringing kids in, and they're basically playing and um, advancing, and if they're good enough, then they're you know their their housing's paid for, and they're Right, and they get a salary, and they're making money, and inside the college because of esports. I know, I heard this. Right, it's, right. it's crazy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, 
All right, so go, so keep going. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So keep going. So, um, so anyway, it's just it's just another great way. It's just another great way to get more kids involved yes. in, in the school communities, and um, and yeah, so that's one of the things that I'm very much involved with and excited about, and uh, falls under my duties. Right, right. So, so, so tell us more. So, so how did you decide to get started with the Chicago Land uh, Summer sh- Showcase or shoot, Shootout Showcase? Make sure I get it right. So, so we've been, we've been tracking the, you know, there was this uh, big investigation, you know, that went on for like four years and, and, um, you know, really it all came down to the NCAA wanting to create some separation between the shoe companies and some of the major AAU programs from some of these live viewing periods, uh, because it just, there'd been a lot of corruption, the, the, the prices, I mean, the prices were getting absolutely outrageous for college coaches to attend, especially college coaches whose budgets aren't like the, um, you know, like a Kansas, for example. Right. Right. Um, there are just a lot of things that were concerning. And so when we started getting wind of what potentially could be the rule changes, we started doing our homework, uh, going back to October of last year and, um, you know, really diving into, you know, what it could potentially look like, uh, started securing facilities of when it could potentially be. And, um, and just started working out, you know, how we should run it, what type of format. And so then when it became official, we were pretty much ready to go other than a few of the finer details um, regarding how, how it would be set up and what the rules were. Right. And, uh, and you know, it was a ton of work, um, but definitely well worth it having 60 teams the first weekend and, uh, 78 teams the second weekend from as far away as Florida, um, was just great to see. And that, you know, we've, I think 42, 42 division one offers, uh, from those two weekends. And so it's just a great opportunity for kids, um, to be seen and, and have their education paid for. Right. No, I, there's a couple things. First of all, I think that, um, you know, I teach statistics and I tell the kids always follow the money in life, just follow the money. And you can usually, most of your questions can be answered. And I think the, well, the NCAA obviously makes a lot of money, but I think following the money is really important with the shoe companies and kids. I mean, I've done this long enough, you know, I've been a head coach for 20 plus years and coaching for 30 plus that I remember the days when, you know, like, it was maybe one or two weekends and it was, you know, kids would go to peach jam and that would be it. Blah, blah, blah. And that, I don't think, I don't necessarily think that was the right system either. That's why I think it morphed into something maybe that got out of control. Um, mm-hmm. But I do remember a lot more college coaches coming to our gyms, a lot more college coaches coming to um, stuff in the summer. And I think this is a great kind of middle ground. I think this will be really good for the long term. Um, so, Explain to people kind of what happens in recruiting in the NCAA and um, high schools and all that kind of stuff. Give a little background for people listening that have no idea what we're talking about. So there's uh, historically for, I don't know, the last 10 or 15 years, been uh, four four viewing periods um, throughout the year where college coaches can actually come and watch 
Hey, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, I'm going to do a big shout out to our two other podcasts, High School Hoops and Teacher Sidekick. Um, I do talk about them often, but I don't give them a spotlight. They are great. High School Hoops Talks Weekly, we talk about kind of what you're going through. Like we've been doing a lot of um, COVID right now because that's where we are and and what happened with that, how we're reacting to it. And teacher side gig is teachers kind of looking at themselves and how they can make a little extra money on the side. And uh, yeah, it's just me giving back to a little bit to, to all the teachers out there that I know have to do that. So um, also subscribe and like this podcast and go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. All right, let's head back to the podcast. Kids play right. who are division one, division one coaches. And, and those, uh, as you alluded to, have, have kind of morphed into these big, EYBL, right. uh, Under Armour Circuit, UA Rise, you know, these showcases where, you know, it was this big spectacle and, and usually most of the kids that were playing were, you know, high level division one or at least mid-major kids. Right. And, um, and, and I think part of what the NCAA, besides the, the just tremendous amount of money and, different things getting thrown at kids to attend these events um, was that there was a whole segment of division two, division three, JUCO, et cetera, NAIA kids that could potentially play at that level who just weren't being seen because they weren't playing on these elite programs. And, you know, they're they're not, they weren't gathering at one place. So, you know, a coach would have to travel to 50, 60 different locations just to see, you know, a handful of kids. And, and so, you know, that, that's one of the nice things about the rule change is that the NCAA said, okay, we'll, we'll leave two of the live periods for the AAU stuff. So there's one in, I believe July that just happened in April still. And then we're going to make two uh, weekends in June that have to be run by high schools and they have to be in what are called scholastic facilities. They can't be in a privately owned facility, uh, whether owned by AAU or a shoe oh, company. They that. can't be on a, okay. yeah, they can't be on a division one campus. Uh, they have to be in a scholastic facility, either a high school or a junior college or a division three or division two campus. Okay. Um, but they have to be run by, by high school personnel and organized by high school personnel. And uh, how, you know, they basically gave us five different formats to choose from. And t- uh, one what of which was, What were those five formats? I don't, I'd have to look them okay. up specifically, but there was basically uh, like, like a team camp uh, showcase where you basically invite a bunch of kids and, um, and it, you know, they go through drills and, and then they form teams and right. then the, you know, okay. the teams, yep. the teams play. And, and okay. then there was, there was a, an individual like all-star top 100 or top 50 or top 150 kid type format. Um, but the one we were really interested in was uh, the team showcase, which would allow the high school coach, as you experienced, to coach your high school team. Uh, towards the end of the contact day period, which most most states allow coaches to have a, a period of contact days, right, uh, where they could come play together as the actual high school team and compete against other high school teams, uh, but in front of you know I think that second weekend we had 
85, 90 college coaches come in yeah. um, so, at so all different levels. So, so did you, that's one question I have. Did you see a difference between weekends? Cause it looked like the second weekend was much stronger as far as teams go than the first weekend. Yes. Okay. So the first, so the first weekend we were oversaturated in Illinois. We, uh, there were four events sanctioned the first weekend. Uh, so we didn't see a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the okay. Chicago and Chicago yep. suburb schools stayed okay. in, in the Chicago area. Okay. Uh, the second weekend we were, we were, um, one of two events in Illinois and one of nine nationally. So, uh, the second, the second weekend was, uh, much less saturated as far as options go. Okay. Yeah. So it's cause that was just, that was purely observational for me because we had a couple of teams from our area go the first weekend. And then I watched, it's like, Whoa, that first weekend one was like night and day. Um, so before, we'll talk about a couple other things. Let me tell you first for the people listening, I've done this for 20 years, probably the best officiating. I don't know where you got your officials, probably the best officials I've seen in a summer high school thing in 20 years. Swear to God. I mean, I, I can't, we played four games. I can't, I mean, I remember a couple calls and there was literally one call and I, I questioned, he walked over, he goes, Steve, da, 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 da. it's like, oh, crud, I forgot that. Yep. Or you're, I've never had that happen in the summer. I swear to God. I mean, it was like crazy good officials. I don't know where you got those guys, but they were really good. Yeah, it was, re- it was really important for us to um, have really good officiating. And so we did a couple things. One was, we hired three officials for every game on every court, yeah. uh, which was important for us to, 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 to do that. And we also uh, ran a, uh, on the second weekend, we started a referee clinic that started on Thursday uh, where we brought in uh, college officials, high school officials who are certified teachers, as well as a, uh, uh, WNBA official uh, Danica Mosier, who, who also officiated uh, some games on uh, Saturday, um, and so that clinic included, you know, on-court time, film review, uh, looking at uh, positioning in front of mirrors, uh, right. and then also reviewing the actual um, game film from that Saturday morning later in the afternoon. So, uh, yeah, we tried to draw in a really good pool. Of officials, but then also wanted to have a training component with it, um, as because we're you know here in Illinois we just have a real uh, aging population of officials and it's becoming a problem. And if we can help do something about it, and really, you know, we were targeting uh, female officials, minority officials, and younger officials who are interested, right. And, and really, really trying to help them along. And, you know, that's something we're going to do moving forward. But, yeah, that was definitely a focus of ours. So I really appreciate you. Yeah, no, I mean, I, mean, I really would not say that. I mean, I, I mean, I'm shooting this out to the world. So I'm telling you, it was like the best. I mean, we were 0-4. We had, we were had half about, about half of our squad. We were 0-4. And, my, my, and I sent something to one of my assistants. I said, wow, the officials are really good down here. And he knew we were like 0-3. So he texts us back and he goes, Steve, are you being sarcastic or not? You know, because you sometimes <laughs> the officials are really good. I go, no, they are. We're coming back. They are really good. It's really, you know. Um, so, so let, yes. Yeah, so, I, and I've gone to, I've, go, I've coached in ones or watched ones, probably watched more than coached, that people do those clinics. Whatever you did to do the clinic, 
you couldn't tell. Sometimes I go to those and they're doing clinics and it's like, whoa, these guys are really, or gals are really learning. And they have not, mm-hmm. so I don't know if you, if you matched them up or whatever you did, but I, these are people that had done games, had talked to coaches, understood how the game was played. You know, it was, yeah, very mm-hmm. good. Um, so that was the first compliment. Second compliment, facilities are awesome. I mean, I, you're, you're, I mean, um, you know, that's a, that's a huge Juco that you guys have that we played our first day in. Um, I don't know how many that seats, but it's wow. Um, but great facilities, unbelievably good facilities. Um, and, uh, and I love that it wasn't a running clock. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We played it one yesterday and it's like, we, we ended up losing in the championship yesterday and it's like uh, it hadn't been a running I, I mean if the clock stops it's such a different game it's like I, I felt like I was coaching in yours last night I, I yesterday I felt like I was hurting cats sometimes because the clock never stops people are following right. it's like so I love that it was it was it felt like coaching a high school game which is probably what we were trying to get across um absolutely um so I I when I looked at the list on that second weekend it's, it's probably harder for the – I mean, I saw a couple D3 schools um, outside of the area. It, that, that's one of the reasons I think they're trying to do this too is because D3 schools can't fly all over the country. Um, Correct. <laughs> um, so I saw a couple – I mean, my son's thinking about going out east. I saw a couple from the area that he's looking, but most of them were from the Midwest, which is great. They're, that's probably where the recruiting base is anyway. Um, but uh, – yeah, and, you, and, and did you charge college coaches to come in, or how does that work for them? Yeah, the, the, the rules um, prohibited you to charge more than a certain amount. Okay. Um, and so we actually, we actually charged less than what the top amount could have been for team entry as well as uh, college coach entry and okay. uh, college coach booklets. We had uh, some, you know, really nice, uh, booklets made up uh, that had you know every kid their number their name uh, yeah. if the coach put the cell phone number in their contact information or the coach's contact information uh, that the college coaches could buy as well but yeah it was very very affordable especially for you know those schools that don't have you know these massive million dollar budgets okay so let's talk about let's talk about some things that that you think could change so what is there anything between the federation and the ncaa that you think is an issue at this point do you like the weekends that it happened when it happened kind of how they're working together yeah i think it's i think it's a great move and i think that uh it provides a great opportunity for uh you know first and foremost kids to be seen and specifically kids to be seen who are not high level division one players. And so right. that provides a tremendous amount of opportunity. Um, you know, one of the things that I've talked to with our high school association and our uh, Illinois basketball coaches association uh, that we'll be reviewing in upcoming meetings is that there really needs to be in, in our opinion, some national standards for those two weekends that all associations throughout the country need to follow so that it provides even more opportunity for kids. There were several states uh, who did not allow their teams and kids to leave the state or 
to even participate in any events anywhere. Uh, there were several basketball co- uh, coaches associations who wouldn't endorse certain events and basically told their members not to go specific places. And so, you know, a lot of this has to do with it being new, uh, not everybody really being educated on on what the intent is and, and, and why the NCAA changed the rules. Um, but I think if we start from what's good for kids and what's good for programs right. and then build from there and make some national standards that everyone needs to follow, which includes kids can go anywhere. So if a team right. from one, California wants to travel to Illinois to play some different competition and, right. and, and get their kids exposed to Midwest coaches, they right. should be able to do that. Yeah. So, so is it, so here's my question. Is it the, is it, so Wisconsin has the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association and it has the WIA, which is the Wisconsin Interscholastic Association. Anyway, so are you talking both of them have to agree? Who who makes the decision on that? Is it it's the WIA, right? So yeah, the WIA makes makes the decision, the ultimate decision. But okay. what the National Federation had encouraged states to do was to work with their basketball coaches okay. association to reach whatever decisions. And some states that worked really well, some states right. there was some infighting between associations okay. <laughs> and, 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 and some states, you know, prohibited teams to play in the first weekend, but allowed them to play in the second weekend. And so there was just, there just wasn't a standard. Right. Was, it's, it's, it's like you're trying to get 50 relative. Hey, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that. No matter where you listen to this podcast, we would love a review. Um, those are important to us, kind of move up the pecking order and get the word out about this great podcast. So if you could do that, written reviews, I read every one of them. Also, make sure you go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. I know you want to become a better coach. I know you want to figure out how to deal with the parents and get those kids to play harder. Let me help you. One-on-one call will take care of it in 30 seconds. Um yeah, and then if you're doing any shopping, click down below on our Amazon link and uh, check it out. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.